Yo, what is the upskies, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the GX WrestleCast. This is episode 43, and this is the weekly recap show where I go through all the major shows of WWE and AEW, give you the recap, tell you what happened throughout the whole show, give it a little review, and uh, go through the storylines and all that stuff because not everybody has so many hours to watch all the wrestling except for me i i watch most of all the wrestling so uh here's my recap of it and what i think of the wrestling shows and all that so we're gonna kick it off with monday night raw as always then they are still in canada baby my home country i'm not from ottawa but for some reason wwe treats canada as like one massive piece and everyone's connected like Oh, if you're from Manitoba, then you better believe the Ottawa people are going to love you. That's just kind of how it works here, but it's all good. They're in Ottawa, Ontario, or uh, anyway, uh, Sami Zayn is here. He comes out to a thunderous ovation from the Ottawa crowd. I mean, that just makes me super duper happy that everyone still loves Sami Zayn. I mean, how can you not? Sammy says he's feeling a lot of feelings. I mean, no doubt. He had one hell of a last few weeks. And, I mean, technically the last few months has been really wild for Sammy Zane. So, Sammy would like Kevin Owens to come out. So, Kevin Owens does this with a nice pop for uh, the fellow Canadian himself. So, Canadians getting the love from Canadians. Sammy wants to take down the bloodline, but he needs Kevin Owens to do it. Kevin says... He only came out at Elimination Chamber for Sami Zayn's family. He didn't want them to see Sami get beaten down and stuff by the bloodline, so he came out and did his family a favor, but it wasn't necessarily for Sami Zayn. So Kevin Owens doesn't forgive Sami for not helping him at the Royal Rumble, and he's not going to team up with Sami. Aw, oh, god damn it. They're teasing us, man. They're teasing us. They're, they they gotta get together at some point, right? But um, again, the, the little pieces, the little bit of nuggets that they've been placing all throughout the storyline, and they're bringing up, they're, com- they're coming back into the storyline. So Sammy did come out to help out Kevin Owens at Royal Rumble, but he came out kind of pretty late. So uh, yeah, Kevin Owens is not forgetting that. So really nice storyline or uh, booking and all that stuff right there. And a great opening segment. Really enjoyed this. I'll give that a thumbs up. And then Baron Corbin attacks Sammy on the stage. He grabs a microphone and starts chirping Zane, calling him a failure. I mean, that's really, really funny coming out of Baron Corbin's mouth. Adam Pierce is there. He says, go get him, Zane. So Sammy runs down and they start brawling. And a match is is uh, started up, so I really like that from Adam Pierce. Sometimes, man, like I like Adam Pierce a little bit, but most of the time he's pretty shit. But this was good for him, so I'll give him a thumbs up. He made, he made me laugh. So we got Baron Corbin versus Sami Zayn. Sami still covered in bruises from the Elimination Chamber match against Roman. I mean, when he he dove through the ropes and he kind of got caught up in it, and it gave him this really wicked. Uh, mark on the front of his chest and that's still very very uh, visible on him Uh, doesn't really matter Sammy hits a really nice springboard tornado DDT thumbs up for that beautiful then he hits the haluva kick out of nowhere really nice sell there from Baron Corbin Zane pins and wins so nice opening match really fun crowd was loving it I mean it was quick and, and simple it wasn't really much to the match but it was enjoyable it was really fun and uh, what are they doing right now with Baron Corbin? Are they like, 
is is Roman Reigns ever going to come out and address the fact that you know yeah he lost to Baron Corbin a few years ago or whatever and now Baron is using that to I don't know make a name for himself so I kind of like what they're doing with that might be something for Baron but again he picks up yet another loss you're not going to beat Sami Zayn right now but it could be something for Baron Corbin to run with we'll see what happens with him now we got Byron Saxton has a sit-down interview with Rhea Ripley and Dom Mysterio. Rhea Ripley doesn't care she lost at Elimination Chamber. I do, but she doesn't. Uh, she's focused on WrestleMania and Charlotte Flair. A good segment from Rhea. I, I really wish she won at Elimination Chamber, but they're just going to pave over that like it didn't happen. So, okay, uh, not, not the best thing, but all right, that, that's what they've done with it. And Dom says, Mommy, so that's a thumbs up. Now we got Austin Theory. He's getting interviewed. He's pissed off. Uh, John Cena is coming back in two weeks. So again, WWE can't keep their mouth shut. But it was uh, it's pretty well known news that yes, John Cena is going to be coming back. I don't I don't I don't know if it's probably just for a visit or something. But he's going to be here in a couple weeks. So Austin Theory is not happy about that. I'm pretty happy about that. I always I always like when John Cena's coming to town. Austin Theory says he's going to whoop Edge in a in the open challenge match later on in the show, and it was a solid promo overall. I mean, I'm I'm amped that Cena is coming back, and dude, I'm telling you, it's fucking happening. John Cena versus Austin Theory at WrestleMania, man, it's mm-hmm. I want that. That'll be good. Now we got Dolph Ziggler versus Mustafa Ali. Oh man, Ali with a, a pretty cool counter on the famous sir. I'll give him that. Uh, he kind of just handstands out of it. Really cool counter. And then Mustafa catches Dolph in a roll-up for the very shocking W. So everyone, especially Mustafa Ali, was surprised he won a match for the first time in, in a very long time, it feels like. It was a quick match. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't really much of anything. Especially when you got, it's Dolph Ziggler in there. I mean, it's the Zig Zig. He's the man. And yeah, it was just an okay match. Uh, could actually be a good thing here for Mustafa Ali to have him... I mean, it's, it's pretty much, it's always going to be good for whoever's in a program with Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler makes everybody look like a million bucks, so could be something. I, I've not shied away from the fact that I'm not a fan of Mustafa Ali. I would rather him go to NXT or something or anything that what he's been doing lately, but we'll see how this goes with him and Dolph Ziggler. It's a meh for now. Now we got The Miz and Maurice is here this week. They're getting interviewed backstage. <clears throat> Excuse me. Maurice gives Miz a gold card. Seems super important, but The Miz won't reveal what it is until next week. So, god damn it. I hope it's a Pokemon card. Now we got Cody Rhodes. He's in the ring with a suit. Looking good. Before Cody can even get a word out, he gets interrupted by Paul Heyman. Good sir. The audio man needs to be fired because my freaking ears, man. Oh, the the audio levels were just out of control. So they, they clean that up after a little bit. But holy shit, scared the hell out of me. Paul Heyman is rocking the neck brace after the brutal beatdown he took at Elimination Chamber. I mean, the, the great over-the-top selling from Paul Heyman. So good stuff right there. I'll give that a thumbs up. Heyman running down how busy the tribal chief is, how he's rarely home, doesn't really have much time for family, and Cody Rhodes is a family man. He's got a wife, he's got kids, and Paul Heyman basically saying, like, are you willing to sacrifice your family life to become the WWE champion? It's not just about, you know, being there and doing promos at the shows. You gotta promote the, the company on the road, you're doing interviews, you're doing all this extra hoopla, so... Heyman running down saying that you, you get maybe 50 days at home if you're lucky. So 
pretty interesting. I didn't expect him to kind of talk about that side of the wrestling business, but it was good. It was refreshing. I liked that very much. Really good segment here. I will give it a thumbs up. Now we got Asuka versus Nikki Cross. The bell rings. Bianca Belair comes out. She gives us the full entrance, just taking her time. The whole the whole situation and Asuka and Nikki are just standing there like, really? You're going to interrupt our match? Like, we, the bell just rang. You couldn't have came out a little bit earlier and like, nope. And she's just doing her thing, dancing. I love that. I thought that was fucking hilarious. Thumbs up for that. Asuka hits a top rope DDT. Kind of looked like they wanted to do a superplex right there, but Nikki Cross just like torpedoes herself head first. So I don't know if that was a miscommunication. Uh, no one seemed to get hurt on that. It just looked kind of awkward. Asuka locks in the armbar and Nikki Cross is forced to tap out. Uh, like I said, with that stuff going on with the top rope DDT, uh, not the only part of the match that was clunky. I just thought the whole match overall was a bit clunky. Asuka visibly cueing Nikki Cross to move out of the way at one point when she was uh, against the ring post. You see her gesture like, get out of the way. She kicks, Nikki dodges it, and Asuka kicks the post. So, like, yeah, not, not good communication. Not really good chemistry at all in this match. Yeah, it wasn't very good. Bianca comes out, or uh, she comes into the ring. Asuka starts spewing this, like, blue fucking gusher stuff from her mouth. Her teeth are just stained to shit. I, I hope that uh, she got to get, she got to make sure her teeth stay clean. But, um, yeah, Bianca and everyone is weirded out. So, I, I don't really know what's going on with Asuka, man. This new gimmick is weird. They really haven't been able to, like, honestly, her whole main roster raw smackdown run i have not really been into it at all the whole thing it's been fairly successful i guess in terms of wwe stuff she's very popular with the crowd but for me as a wrestling fan you know i haven't seen a lot of these fantastic matches that she was putting on in nxt that she's doing up here so yeah and this new gimmick i mean she looks kind of cool like her hair is always awesome but she honestly just looks like a clown she's got the white face with the blue on the nose i mean that's just you look like a clown it's kind of weird i'm not that into it but i'll still i'm still i'm still in for the bianca versus oscar match at wrestlemania that should be pretty good but i don't think it's going to be great so yeah my expectations aren't too high but i'm hoping for at least a solid good match out of those two now we got Carmella. She's getting interviewed. We got a hell of a lot of interviews on this show. Uh, she's interviewed. She's wearing a very interesting top. I don't know how is she. How is she containing her womanly parts with that outfit? It's just like a strap. That's it. Like I don't. I don't know how. It looks very uncomfortable. Anyway. Um, not gonna lie, I was a little bit distracted uh, at what she was wearing. It was quite eye catching, so I didn't really catch what she said. Probably wasn't that important. Seth Rollins appears, and he says he's going to hurt Logan Paul. Sadly, Logan Paul ain't here, so Seth will take it out on The Miz later on tonight. So there you go. Now we got MVP with... Almost. Oh, for fuck's sakes. You have got to be kidding me, man. And guess what he wants? He wants to challenge Brock Lesnar to a match at WrestleMania. Dear fucking God, please Please no. Please don't do it. I will take Bobby Lashley and Brock again. A million times over and over again. Over Almost versus Brock. What are you guys thinking? That will be horrendous. That will immediately... That's already a negative 30. On the, on the, it's just going to be horrible. Like, oh my god. Brock Lesnar cannot carry Almost. Almost... No one can carry Almost through a match. This guy is terrible. He's got no mobility. 
Yes, he's big and tall and not even all that intimidating. I mean, ah, just, I hate this idea. Please don't go through with it. Just do Bobby Lashley and Brock, please. Okay, now we got The Miz versus Seth Rollins. And let me know, what do y'all think? Do, do, what, are we, what are we doing with Almost? How is this guy still in the WWE? He's horrible. But, I mean, for the sake of maybe entertainment for the podcast's sake, if this match happens, I can lose my mind about it because it's going to be just fucking terrible. It's going to be the worst match of the year by a lot. Anyway, okay, let's move on to The Miz versus Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins absolutely flagpoles himself off the Miz DDT. I mean, I, <laughs> I love myself a good old flagpole, so that's a thumbs up. The Miz delivers a shatter machine in the corner. For some reason, they've been doing that move a lot in the WWE lately. I'll give it a thumbs up because it looks awesome. Miz says Logan Paul to Seth Rollins. This sets him off. Rollins gives gives the Miz a big old spinning elbow right to the face. Then not one, but three stomps. Referee has to end the match. And it was actually a pretty good match. Pretty good match. I mean, again, the Miz underrated. He can put out. He can go. He can have a good match with a lot of people. Man, there's not. Uh, he's very. He's very sound in the ring. And it was a good match. I like the pairing of Seth Rollins and the Miz. Good match. Seven out of ten. Now we get Alpha Academy. They're practicing on their modeling career for some reason in the backstage. They get interrupted by Bronson Reed. Otis doesn't like Bronson talking trash to Gable. They face off with each other. And, uh, yeah, they're not even going to fight about it later on. But uh, I would like to see that match, I guess. I mean, Otis versus Bronson. I feel like Bronson would just walk through Otis. But uh, I, I, w I would like to see it. Sure, why not? Now we got the Ding Dong Hello Show with your host, Bailey, with her guests, Damage Control. So Dakota is bragging about uh, their tag team title ring and how good it is and how amazing they are. And Dakota, again, what is with wardrobe this week? She is wearing, like, again, just like a strap. Like, not wearing a lot. I'm fine with it. You know, she's got a good rockin' bod. She's an attractive young woman. And, um, but, but, it, uh, whatever. <laughs> Becky... Becky Lynch has heard enough of this. She comes out and thinks the titles are collecting dust and they need new owners. Damage Control make fun of Becky for having no friends. Th that was honestly quite hilarious. I'll give that a thumbs up. Becky Lynch does have a friend. It's Lita. Oh my god. She's back again. Oh baby, you know they're gearing up for a Mania match. So Becky and Lita politely use... The real fake door that they got set up in the ring. She goes, ding dong, hello. I mean, come on. That's so fucking good. Thumbs up for that. Becky and Lita trick Bailey into giving them a title shot. And fuck yeah, dude. Sweet. That is going to be a lot of fun. Really funny segment right here. And yeah, man, it looks like you're going to... Don't, I don't think they've officially said it for WrestleMania. But if you got damage control versus Bailey or uh, Becky Lynch and Lita... Hell yeah, I'm I'm all in for that. That'll be a lot of fun. So thumbs up for the segment. Really funny stuff. Now we got Candice LeRae. She's getting interviewed backstage. She runs off to chase Nikki Cross. Nikki whispers something and she runs off really, like, strangely. Candice says she said something about being all alone, having no friends, and she chases after her. So uh, really weird and but yet interesting moment. Uh, what's going on with Nikki Cross here? So looks like they're going to be moving into something with Candice LeRae and Nikki Cross. They seem like they're friends, so maybe there's a potential tag team out of them. They could use some more tag teams. And Nikki Cross really hasn't found anything like consistent for quite some time. So uh, 
maybe that's what they're going with. Anyway, it was a really weird moment there. Kind of, we don't like to see Nikki Cross all sad and stuff. So we'll see what happens next week, I guess. Now we got Chad Gable with Otis versus Bronson Reed. We got Maxine Dupree randomly shows up. Uh, she's distracting Otis because she's a very beautiful young woman herself. Gable gets distracted by Otis being distracted. Bronson takes over. Big splash for the W. Pretty solid match. I, I would I would really like to see these two have another real match. That would be good. But um, Maxine Dupree, we haven't really seen the models or her do anything in quite some time. They're trying to steal away Otis, so kind of random. We'll see where that goes. It's probably going to be a a more comedy thing, but, I mean, Otis and Gable, they're they're good at being funny, so I don't know. I don't really know what they're going for there, but we'll see where it goes. Now we got Elias. He is in the ring. He hopes that Boogs is taking notes, and it literally cuts to backstage, and Boogs is actually taking notes. I, I popped for that. That was fucking hilarious. Caught me off guard. Thumbs up for that. Bobby Lashley has heard enough. The match begins. Bobby Lashley versus Elias. Bobby hits a spear, locks in the hurt lock. Elias taps out. Way to show Boogs how it's done, Elias. Way to go. Lashley, well, it's a squash match, so not much to say about that. Lashley grabs the microphone, calls out Brock Lesnar. And like I said, man, I'll take another Lashley-Brock Lesnar match over almost any day. Just please get rid of this guy. I, I can't handle it. I would take the great Kali over this. Like, he's literally that fucking bad, man. He's terrible. Ugh. Okay, something good here. We got Edge is being interviewed. He is excited to be in Ottawa for the first time in 18 years. That's insane. Edge wants to hold a title again in the WWE. And he wants to slap that duck face off of the United States champ, Austin Theory. Pretty darn good promo right here, Edge. I'll give you a thumbs up. Now we got the main event. It's Austin Theory defending his United States Championship against Edge. We got a weird crossbody to the back of Theory's head. I don't know what that was. Kind of seemed like a miscommunication, but whatever. It was fine. Edge catches Theory into a nice sit-out powerbomb. Edge beautifully front flips out of the monkey flip. Like, whoa, what was that? That was awesome. Thumbs up for that. Theory caught by the referee using the ropes for the pin. Edge looks for the spear, but Finn Balor runs down. Edge gets distracted. Theory hits the A-Town down to retain his championship. Damn it. Uh, But overall, it was a really solid match. Uh, Too bad about the Gaga finish. Uh, Looks like uh, you ain't done with the Judgment Day just yet, Edge. So uh, I thought maybe they are going to be done with it, but no, they're going to bring it back. And um, yeah, Finn hits Edge with two coups de grace. And that is the show. I thought, like I said, it was a pretty solid match. Edge was getting in a lot of the offense there, getting all of his, getting all of his moves in. Well, not all of them. We didn't see an Edge-O-Matic or anything, or even an Educator. But it was a good match, man. I, Edge is still very sound in the ring. I just would have liked to seen a little bit more competitiveness out of Austin Theory. But damn, dude, that monkey flip out of Edge. That was impressive. And uh, solid Raw this week. Lots of promos and backstage segments. Like, felt like way more than normal. Uh, I do like that Kevin Owens is deciding not to help out Sami Zayn for now. I feel like it would have been, you know, really easy and obvious for them to just <clears throat> put uh, have the water go under the bridge. But no, Kevin Owens is, is they're going to play it smart and slow. And yeah, I like what they're doing with that. So as long as no one gets hurt or anything, this long-term storyline with the bloodline, Kevin Owens and everything, is the best thing that WWE has done for in a long time. And I think they're still it's still really, really strong. Even though Sami Zayn lost, 
the momentum is still with him, and now you're bringing Kevin back in. I really like what they're doing with that so far. And um, I'm really curious what they have planned for Nikki Cross and Candice LeRae. I'm thinking they're going to be a tag team, but um, it's probably going to take a little bit of convincing from LeRae to get Nikki in there. Maybe there's a, a new gimmick, cha- another gimmick change for Nikki. I'm not sure, but uh, I am a little bit interested. And uh, I'm stunned, honestly, stunned. They are trying to push Almost versus Lesnar at Mania. That's going to be absolutely horrible. Do not, do not book that shit. I, I don't want to watch it, please. Uh, the Ding Dong Show. Ding Dong Show was fun. Uh, really good to see Lita back in the fold. I mean, she she's in and around. You know, I would love to see you know her and Beth Phoenix and Trish Stratus and and others. I mean, I'd love to see a lot of these women still have it. They're in great shape and they could still go in the ring. And I would love to see a lot of them back in in more of a full time position. But hey, man, I'll take I'll take a visit a WrestleMania visit from Lita a- anytime, anytime. That's great. Um, enjoyable main event. Uh, would be nice to see Theory win a match every now and again without Gaga or someone helping him. But I thought the show was pretty darn good. I'm going to give it a six and a half out of ten. Now we move on to NXT 2.0. The show starts with Trick Williams. He is cutting a promo against Ilya Dragunov uh, on his way to the ring. Says he could do more than just talk. So okay, okay, let's see. Uh, we'll see about that. So we got Ilya Dragunov versus Trick Williams. Oh boy. Uh, a little bit of a mismatch here, but let's see how Trick does. Trick jumps Ilya before the bell, so that's about the only way he can get anything in. Dragunov thrown off the top, takes a nasty fall to the ground. JD McDonough comes out to join commentary. Ilya drops uh, the retina detaching forearm smash on, on Trick Williams. Hits the torpedo for the W. Uh, pretty impressive performance for Trick. He's uh, looks like he's been gaining some muscle. Uh, he's starting to improve in the ring, and he's starting to improve overall as just a a total package, a full-on superstar. He's getting more entertaining. He's getting better on the mic. He's starting to get bigger and better in the ring. So yeah, pretty good performance. Still not like good, but getting there. Ilya, of course, showing off that. The stiffness and that intensity, I love. Uh, and oh man, his great—he has so such good chops, man. Really good chops, nice and loud and thick and and, and chunky. Uh, just, oh, I love that. Really solid match, not bad. You got Briggs and Henley. They are arguing backstage about messing up Brooks' date last week with Kiana. Henley says she is going to go find Kiana and apologize to her. Roxanne Perez joins Mako Satamura's insane workout and uh, pretty. Pretty fucking insane workout. Now, I know they're not actually doing it, but they're doing things like, oh, let's do 100 fucking push-ups, 500 sit-ups, 1,000 squats. Like, oh, my God, dude. Like, I can fuck around with some squats. I can do, like, probably 100 and be okay. But 1,000, I would shit my pe- I would shit myself. I would have no sphincter left if I did 1,000 fucking squats. And 100 push-ups, dude, I'd be lucky if I can crack 10. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> pretty pretty crazy workout. And throughout the workout, like, the women that are with them, they all start slowly getting eliminated, and it comes down to just Roxanne and Mako. So it's a pretty good, pretty good segment here. We got Tyler Bate. He comes out to the ring to thank the crowd. Crowd will not stop chanting, we want Waller. No, we don't. It was really fucking annoying. It was really just just ruined the promo. And then Schism make it even worse by interrupting. Ava and Gacy spew their fucking 
trashy gar I don't know what the fuck they talk about ever. I can never retain a single word that they say. It's just so uninteresting and I just could not care any less, but anyway, they're talking about their fucking culty stuff. Uh, the uh, They surround the ring, but then chase you, run out for the save. And yeah, this segment sucked, man. With The crowd wouldn't shut up about Waller. Really fucked over Tyler Bate there. So yeah, not a good segment here. I'm going to give it a thumbs down. But now we got a match. We got the Dyad with Joe Gacy and Ava versus Mr. Chase and Duke Hudson with Thea Hale. Mr. Chase, with a moonsault to the outside, nails it and lands on his feet. Wow, that, that really caught me off guard. That was... Uh, very impressive, Mr. Chase. Thumbs up for that. Ava distracts Andre away from the ring, leaving Duke all alone. Dyad hit the knees on Duke, pins, and wins. So, yeah, Duke very upset with Thea Hale, telling her she needs to grow up. Uh, oh, no, man. It looks like I've, I've been calling this for a long time. It's starting to look like Chase U is falling apart. And, yeah, I don't like Duke yelling at... at at Thea, I didn't even really catch necessarily what she did, but yeah, again, the, 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 what do you call it? Not, uh, uh, the word, the trouble in paradise. Is that it? Yeah. Trouble in paradise for, for chase you. Maybe, uh, the match was pretty good. Actually. Dyad again, I like these guys as the tag team. I don't know their names, but they're the dyad. And if they could just get away from schism, we get the dyad in there more often as a tag team. They're fucking really good tag team. I would like to see them fight more instead of spewing their cult stuff. It's really just not good. Uh, Duke was on fire. He was throwing the dyad around and the chase showing off some of that really impressive athleticism, landing the bag flips. So yeah, I was pleasantly surprised with this match. Seven out of 10, pretty good. And then uh, we got a backstage segment. The Don challenges Von Wagner to a match. Okay, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. We got Drew Gulak and Charlie Dempsey. They're getting interviewed about uh, basically betraying Hank Walker last week. Drew Gulak says that Hank wasn't cutthroat enough for the business, so he go. He's hooking up with Charlie Dempsey, who is very clearly a cutthroat man. So I I like that pairing. I mean, Drew Gulak and Charlie Dempsey. Hell yeah, I like that. That's a good. That's good. I like that. But but Hank, he's my everyman. What are we gonna do? Hank's got to do something. He's gonna have to find someone to team up with. But we're not. We don't know yet. So didn't hear from from Hank. Now we got a little video segment for Sol Ruka. She's surfing, and she's trying to become, like, the next Rodney Mullen. Like, she's doing these handstand skateboard tricks, trying to be Rodney Mullen right here. I mean, I was impressed. Like, she she landed it eventually, but you're not Rodney Mullen. But she is better on a skateboard than Cora Jade ever was. So there's that. So, again, I really like Sol Ruka. I like this video segment. Pretty good. Thumbs up. Now we got JC Jane versus Indy Hartwell. Uh, the match starts, but it doesn't last long. Gigi Dolan comes out. She attacks Jane, and the match ends in a DQ, which is a shame, man. I was actually looking forward to this. It was going pretty well. Uh, Indy Hartwell, I think, is quite underrated on the roster. She kind of seems to be almost like the, the veteran woman on the roster. She can kind of get into the ring with everybody, have a solid match. And uh, she's pretty enjoyable in the ring, Indy Hartwell. She's uh, pretty stiff nowadays, uh, quite sour when it comes to her promos. So, yeah, and then you got the new kind of budding stars in JC Jane. So I would have liked to see in this match, maybe next time, but adding more to that rivalry between JC Jane and Gigi Dolan. So an effective way, but yeah, no, I, I don't like matches getting ruined. Anyway, it was okay. It was good. Uh, Perez finishes the workout with Satamura. Satamura says uh, she gave her a mental workout, and I don't know what the fuck she's talking about. 
uh, all those squats, all those sit-ups, the sweat, the the tears. It's just no. But uh, really uh, quite funny uh, veteran Satamura teaching the young champion, you know, what's up. So pretty good. I, I'm fairly looking forward to their match. Kind of, I feel it's going to be predictably Perez winning the match. But I, I hope the match is good. Now we got Gallus versus Anofe in Blade. Uh, not for the titles. Gallus putting a absolute whooping on Blade and Anofe. Two guys come out dressed as chefs with this big old cake that says happy anniversary on it. Very random. I thought it was pretty deadly, but it wasn't. It was just two random dudes. Anofi gets some seriously crazy airtime off of an elbow drop. Gotta give him a thumbs up for that. Just outrageous. Gallus put away their opponent in dominating fashion. And then the chefs bring in the cake. It's... um. They say it's for the anniversary of their two-year uh, two-year anniversary of them losing their titles. So, oh snap. So, it's a little bit of a burn. I thought it was going to be something nice. No, it's just pretty deadly being a bunch of dicks. So, Gallus lose their shit. They start attacking the chefs and they wreck the cake. Oh, no. They didn't even try it. Like, you could, you could have at least tried it. It looked like a solid cake. I would have tried it at least first before I wrecked it. Pretty deadly jump Gallus from behind. They beat them down using the steel steps. So, yeah, this is a rivalry between two teams that I quite like. I like Pretty Pretty Deadly quite a lot. They kind of remind me of, like, Goofy, Edge, and Christian back in the day, but uh, a, a bit more Goofy for sure. A little bit more Goofy. Not as solid workers in the ring that Edge and Christian are, but I still like them quite a bit. And Gallus... Haven't seen a whole lot of them in the ring, but whenever I do, very impressive. I like them quite a bit. And now the show gets interrupted by Stevie Turner. She's doing a live stream. She shows off her randomizer thing. It lands on Lyra Valkyria, uh, and she just answers questions about Lyra, like how far she thinks she will go. The stream ends, and yeah, that was lame as fuck. That's a thumbs down. Don't want to see that ever again. Now we got the Dawn with Stax versus Von Wagner with Mr. Stone. Mr. Stone looking very un- unimpressed with Von Wagner, just giving him the mean mugs. Um, and this starts to distract Wagner. Dawn with a big old spine buster and a Sambo slam, and he picks up a W. Damn. Uh, match was fine, not too bad. Pretty just, it was fine, you know, nothing wrong with it, just nothing all that good. Stone and Wagner start to argue on the outside. And then the Dawn is asked about Dijak. The Dawn had a couple ideas to make Dijak disappear. You know, maybe sleep with the fishes, maybe a little bit of concrete shoes, you know what I'm saying? But instead, the Dawn challenges Dijak to a jailhouse street fight at Roadblock. Um, Alright, that sounds awesome. I think, you know, I was fairly impressed with the Dawn in this match. He's really never you know, been all that amazing in the ring, but maybe with Dijak, Dijak's just fucking unbelievable, I fucking love that guy, so I got some, I got some expectations for this match to be pretty darn good, I'm hoping it's a banger. Now we got Nikita Lyons, she is getting interviewed, she gets quickly interrupted by Tiffany Stratton, Nikita calls Tiffany sus, I mean, are you serious right now? Yo girl, you sus! Tiffany tells Nikita to disappear for a year and bounces. I mean, uh, pretty entertaining stuff right there from Tiffany Stratton. Not too bad. Now we got Alba Fire with Isla Dawn versus Ivy Nile with Tatum Paxley. 
Dawn distracts the referee. Paxley gets knocked off of the apron. Fire hits the Widowmaker for the W. Uh, a pretty underwhelming match. Uh, I was hyping up, you know, Alpha Fire teaming up with Isla Dawn, but so far, not so awesome. It's still early. I'm going to give them time, to, a little bit more time to get settled into something. But yeah, pretty underwhelming match right here. Let's uh, let's hope they can step it up next time. Now, Henley finds Kiana to apologize to her. Kiana accepts the apology and says it's all good to be jealous. So, again, just a little bit of a jab there from Kiana. So, probably just going to continue this not that good of a friendship and honestly an underwhelming, not that good of a storyline overall. But, uh, all right, another chapter added. Now we got Wes Lee. He gets interviewed by Mackenzie. Wes says he's going to have another open challenge next week so we can look forward to that next week now it is time for the main event we got jinder mahal nobody can hinder the jinder with indisher versus braun breaker this is for the nxt championship so we got the big dive over the top rope by braun breaker takes out jinder and indisher really nice dive right there thumbs up for that indisher tried to interfere but the creed bros come down for the save Jinder catches Braun upside the head with a big old knee. How you doing? Caught him flush right upside the fucking side of the head. That was good. Jinder goes for the Coloss. Braun counters it. Hits the spear, pins, and retains his championship. Uh, not, not a bad match. Pretty much exactly what I thought it was going to be. Didn't have much exp- expectations for this. Just another fucking standard Braun Breaker match. Hits the spear, pins, and wins. Yeah. Grayson Waller takes over the broadcast, even though the show is over now. So, like, what the hell are you doing? Uh, He is able to announce a Waller effect with Shawn Michaels is incoming. So, I guess we can look forward to that. And the show ends. And it was pretty mediocre. Uh, Trick Williams, he's been improving. Like I said, he kind of continues to keep growing on me. So, he's uh, he was pretty good this week. Schism still just suck ass, but I like the dyad. They're really good in the ring. And Ava, man, Ava Rain just hasn't done much of anything at all since her debut. Uh, Really just unnoticeable, really. I I don't know if she's just kind of like a fly on the wall, just kind of standing there, kind of being present, getting comfortable, getting her foot in the water. I don't really know. She hasn't said a whole hell of a lot or done a whole hell of a lot. No matches. Yeah, just really not a whole lot of anything. Uh, I am looking forward to the Gigi Dolan and Jane rivalry. So far, so good. I'm waiting for them to have an actual match against each other to see how that goes. Should be good. I mean, they're friends. They've probably known each other for a long time, maybe in other promotions. So they should have some really strong chemistry in the ring. We saw a little bit of that in their triple threat match. So want that to develop into a strong storyline. Kind of writes itself. So they should have a fairly easy time nailing the storyline. But I mean, it is the WWE, so they could drop the ball. Uh, The Dawn with one of his better matches I've seen in a while. It wasn't very long, but I am at this point kind of excited to see him versus Dijak. Could be a banger, but it could also be an absolute fucking disaster of a match. And like I said, Fire and Dawn, they've been pretty disappointing so far. And the the main event was just another Braun Breaker match. Nothing new. And uh, yeah, I mean, him going up against Jinder, thankfully it wasn't on pay-per-view or anything because... There's just nothing there to it. There's not much heat between Braun Breaker or Jinder. He kind of just arrived and and gave himself a match. So, yeah, not the strongest NXT. I am going to give it a 5 out of 10. 
Now we move on to AEW Dynamite. They are in Phoenix, Arizona for the first time ever, they claim. And that crowd is fucking hot. Oh my god. I wish this Arizona... I wish Arizona could be this excited for the Arizona Coyotes. I mean, they kind of are, but not when they have a big... Anyway, we're not talking about the Arizona Coyotes. We're talking about Phoenix, Arizona, and AEW Dynamite. All right. Show kicks off with Orange Cassidy versus Wheeler Yuta. This is for the All-Atlantic Championship. Right out of the gate, we got this absolutely insanely fast roll-ups. Uh, they're trading these counters, and it was it was so fast. I was like, wow, oh my goodness. So thumbs up for that. Really impressive stuff. Claudio comes down for a pep talk with Yuta and just slaps him right across the face. <laughs> good pep talk, Claudio. That was good. And then he just leaves, so that was fucking awesome. Thumbs up for that. Orange puts his hands in the pocket. Backfires really bad. Yuta just starts firing these like live rounds at Cassidy, just cl- catching him clean in the face. Cassidy just eating them for breakfast. Freaking awesome. Thumbs up for that. Orange kicks Yuta a solid like 15 times right in the face, then gives him a hug. I mean, and and the face and, and Wheeler Yuta's face. I mean, oh my, priceless. So fucking good. Thumbs up again. Yuta spits his gum at Cassidy, and it sticks right to his forehead. Just and he goes right on his forehead. His face, Orange Cassidy. Oh my god, dude! This match is a gem. So fucking funny. Thumbs up for that. <coughs> Yuta lays in the stiff elbows, and then Orange turns the tables on him and gives Yuta a taste of his own medicine with his own vicious elbows. Another thumbs up. We got two outrageous near falls from each man. Orange delivers a vicious orange punch, pins, and retains the All-Atlantic Championship. Wow, uh, that was one hell of a match. Wow. Chemistry was off the charts between these two. I mean, they're former friends, so definitely have some chemistry there. They were so fast. They were so, like, so smooth in their transitions. Excellent stuff. Excellent technical wrestling athleticism off the charts and of course that orange cassidy comedy but also the intense orange cassidy which you will pull out every now and again intense orange cassidy making appearance in this match fucking awesome and the crowd man oh they were loving it uh energy was off the chains with arizona i mean wow i was very impressed with the crowd thumbs up for them great stuff right here i could watch these two fucking all day long man i i hope we're gonna see some more matches between these two i could do uh two out of three falls i could do iron man there's ladder match please anything but this singles match was spectacular eight and a half out of ten really good shit now we got ricky stocks he is cutting a promo in the ring he thinks he's not going to get his fight with chris jericho so he has a contract for anyone else in the back who wants a match against him at revolution Chris Jericho comes out. He's wearing one hell of a jacket. He's got spikes all over it. It looks so metal. So metal right now, Chris. Jericho says he can beat Ricky whenever, however, whoever, whatever. But Ricky just isn't worth the time. So Peter Avalon shows up and he tries to go sign the contract. He immediately eats a elbow from Jericho. He's like, oh, hell no. Hold up. I'm talking. Chris now a little bit more tempted to take the match now that other people are trying to take it. Jericho's sitting there. He's like, well, what is revolution without Chris Jericho? So Ricky keeps teasing Jericho, claiming he can't beat him one-on-one. And one final thing preventing this match? Chris doesn't have a pen. But it's okay. Ricky is prepared with one 
and he's got a pen. The contract is signed, and at Revolution, we will finally get Ricky Stocks versus Chris freaking Jericho. Oh, buddy, this was a great segment. Chris is the freaking man. I, I love that he gets goaded into uh, taking the match from Ricky. Very entertaining stuff, and, I mean, I don't think anybody can... Um, I don't know, make himself look a fool more entertainingly than Chris Jericho. He's totally fine at making himself look like the silly man. I mean, I think back to uh, when he was ri- in a rivalry with Orange Cassidy and he had the orange punch match. And he like goes and takes the big splash into the orange punch, making himself look like a fool. And he still brings up how his jacket and his clothes are still ruined. So I, I love Chris Jericho, how he can make fun of himself. And... Um, yeah, dude, this was a really solid, funny segment. Thumbs up for that. And we got Lee Moriarty and Big Bill with Stokely Hathaway versus The Acclaimed with Daddy Ass. Got an entertaining rap from Caster. The Arizona crowd absolutely loves The Acclaimed. They start going nuts. Oh, scissor me, Daddy. And scissor Zona chants. Like, oh my God, they were prepared for the show. Love it. Thumbs up. Great job, Arizona. Uh, excuse me. Then the ass boys show up yet again to chirp at the acclaimed fr- at the safety of the of the stage. Then they cheap shot their own dad and take off running. That was awesome. The arrival and a mic drop. The acclaimed pick up the W. Solid match. Didn't see a whole lot of Big Bill in in there at all. Moriarty was doing most of, if not all, of the work for his team. Good for him. Uh, the match was fine. Not not much. Again, like it's more about that rivalry between the ass boys and stuff but yeah man i mean moriarty was doing a lot of work out there good for him <laughs> now we got christian cage he is about to get interviewed instead he gets jumped by a very furious jungle boy and receives a whooping jungle boy returns with a couple of chairs he's about to deliver a concerto to christian but there's a slight hesitation in jungle boy's decision making Christian does not hesitate to punch him straight in the dick. Then he bonks him in the head with a chair. Oh my god, dude. That bonk in the head was so fucking good. And Jungle Boy is busted open. Oh, Christian, you little creepy bastard. I fucking love this guy. I love Christian so much. He's such a great heel. Now we move on to Soraya with Tony versus Sky Blue. Soraya is in full control out of the gate. Sky Blue, Sky Blue fights back, goes for a pin, but Tony distracts the referee. Soraya takes advantage, locks in her unique submission of hers. That she, I think it's the stretch muffler. Is that what she calls it? I don't know. Anyway, Sky taps out immediately. An all right match. Soraya botching a move throughout there, still kind of finding her wrestling legs. But again, she hasn't wrestled for numerous years, and she's not been in there a lot since returning. So again, still still letting her uh, have some adjustment time, and uh, uh, solid performance overall though from from both. Tony and Soraya look to deal more damage to Blue, and then my girl, my boo, my baby Jamie Hader comes out for the save. Tony and Soraya run away, but spray paint a, a fan sign in the crowd first before they go away. Thumbs up for that. Ruby shows up on the stage. She starts calling out Jamie Hayter for a title match. So looks like we're going to have Jamie Hayter versus Ruby Soho for uh, a title match. I look forward to that. That should be a really fucking good match. Now we got Brian Danielson. He is in the ring. He's delivering a promo. Phoenix is super duper amped to see Brian. They're laying down the huge yes chance. Just fucking, oh, so loud, so good. Brian is absolutely baffled that MJF hates him. The summer, the summons a very cheesed off looking MJF. 
So MJF is super jelly because Brian Danielson has a loving family that loves him and the fans love him and he's super pissed off that no one seems to love MJF. Where is the MJF love? So MJF is absolutely disgusted that Brian selfishly still wrestles, risking his life every single time he gets in the ring just so he can get the spotlight and he doesn't give a shit about his family. MGF looks directly into the camera. He says he's talking directly to uh, Brian Danielson's kids. Says he's going to destroy his selfish dada. Oh, damn. It's getting real. MGF, like like an absolute crazy man, enters the ring and a brawl breaks out between the two. Security pours out and they struggle to keep the two apart. I mean, damn. Mercy. That was yet another incredible promo from MGF. Getting really, really personal with Brian Danielson. He's bringing in the family. Brian did not look impressed in the ring, man. He looked legitimately pissed off. Probably was, but that's the way that these guys operate, man. They want to operate on the very, very close line of reality, and they do not really shy away from going into uh, the reality of life. And fuck, man, just another excellent segment from these two. I I cannot wait any longer for these two to fight. This is another double thumbs up promo segment from these two. Oh, my God. Now we got Jamie Hayter. She's getting interviewed by Tony Schiavone. Jamie can't decide who to fight at Revolution between Soraya or Ruby Soho. So she's just going to do the right thing and she's going to beat the shit out of both of them. And she's going to do it in a triple threat match. So fuck yeah, I like the sounds of that. That's a thumbs up. Now we get crazy. We got a 10 team over the top rope elimination match. And the winner gets added to the tag team championship match at revolution so all 20 men are in the ring right out of the gate so it's really crazy to try and keep track of everything uh mark briscoe runs down he's going absolutely nuts he starts uh fighting with josh woods up into the ramp so i don't think he comes back uh tony niece eats the fear factor on the apron he gets eliminated by penta thumbs up for that Vance is eliminated by Penta, and then Vance helps his partner Roosh eliminate Penta. Finally, Ray Phoenix takes out Roosh. So, uh, Vance and uh, what's-his-face, his fucking partner, I can't find his name, Roosh, and uh, the Lucha Bros, they're still going at it, so it looks like they're, I want a match between these two teams. It'll be amazing. Butcher making lots of eliminations. He is dominating in there. He picks up and throws out Johnny Hungy. And then we get an appearance from Dan Housen. He curses the Jericho Appreciation Society. And it works. Angelo and Daddy Magic are taken out by the best friends. And then it comes down to the final four men are Ray Phoenix, Jay Lethal, and Double J. And then Trent Beretta. So one full team with Jarrett and Lethal. And then you got one member of Lucha Bros and one member of Best Friends. Uh, Right before that, though, the Butcher got eliminated. Just want to shout out his really impressive performance. Good for him. Uh, Ray Phoenix gets tossed out right after he eliminates the Butcher. Uh, The the giant Satnam Singh, he is running around catching Jay Lethal or Jeff if they fall out. That was awesome. I really like that. Really funny visual watching the giant 7'4 man running around. Thumbs up for that. Double J and Lethal start teaming up on Trent Beretta. They think he gets eliminated, but Cassidy saves Trent. 
And then it comes down to Double J and Trent Beretta. Singh again saves Double J from elimination. Jarrett able to toss out Trent for the huge victory for his team. Oh man, Jarrett and Lethal added along with the acclaimed and one more team to be decided next week to take on the tag team champions, the ass boys at Revolution. Holy fuck, that is a mouthful. Really just a great battle royale, man. That was a really fun showing off the depth of the tag team division. I mean, just stacked so many good teams in there. And like I said, I am really hoping that Vance and Roosh get into it, man, with the Lucha Bros. That will be incredible. I was really impressed last week with Vance and Roosh is Roosh. Roosh is fucking awesome. And the Lucha Bros, one of my favorite tag teams of all time. Really would like to see those two go at it. And, uh, I mean, <laughs> the giant sing running around, man, saving Double J and uh, Lethal, that was awesome. Smart stuff right there. Really good, just a great battle royale. Good time. Eight out of ten. And now we have Tony Khan has a big announcement, but he, pa- he passes it off to a better talker in Adam Cole. Bay, bay. Adam announces a new one-hour show called uh, AEW All Access. So... Don't really know 100% what this show is all about just yet, but it's supposed to be going uh, to have more in-depth looks at wrestlers and, I guess, personal stories, I guess. And Adam Cole also announces he will be making his in-ring debut at All Access. So, looks like we're going to have wrestling on there as well. Um, Yeah, man, very cool. AEW adding another show. I mean, they they already have quite a few of them. It would have been nice if they had something announced maybe for Ring of Honor I don't know. Anyway, it's cool. I'm going to check it out. Don't know if that show is going to get added into the weekly recap. I will review. I'm, I imagine I'll review the first episode of it just to see what it's all about. And then we'll go from there. Now we got Lethal and Double J and their whole crew. They're celebrating backstage with the for the, the big victory. They get met by the tag team champions Austin and Colt Gunn. The guns think they should combine forces at Revolution. Oh boy, that's going to be a disaster. You got two fucking heel teams trying to team up. Oh, who's going to betray the other team first? I mean, yeah, they're probably going to hook up and help each other a little bit at Revolution, but yeah, there's no way that relationship is going to last. And now we move to the main event. It is John Moxley versus Evil Uno. Very interesting opponent right here. I do not get to see a lot of Evil Uno. He is mostly on dark and elevation and stuff with the Dark Order. But I, I'm a fan of this guy. I think he's good. And I was very interested to see him going one-on-one with John Moxley. Because Evil Uno is known as a tag team wrestler. So let's see what he's got, baby. We got John Moxley looking to become the first wrestler in AEW history to hit 100 victories. Uno not wasting any time. He goes right at Moxley, removes his vest, starts beating the ever-living bejesus out of Moxley with it. That was awesome. Thumbs up for that. Moxley rips open the mask of Uno. The big man doesn't give a damn. He goes for a huge senton off of the top rope, nails Moxley. Thumbs up for that. That was awesome. Moxley laying in the vicious crossface shots. Uno busted open really, really badly. Again, Uno doesn't give a damn. He hits back-to-back pile drivers onto Moxley's skull. Thumbs up for that. Moxley then locks in the choke so tight, blood is spraying out of Uno. And I mean, it is spraying out of his head, man. It It looked fucking horrific. 
Thumbs up for that, though. That was incredible. Uno has to tap out. Moxley picks up his 100th victory in AEW. And in a memorable fashion. That was fucking insane. Uh, Evil Uno, dude. Wow. You did not let me down at all. Absolutely fucking incredible performance. 10 minutes of absolute balls-to-the-wall action. I mean, bravo. Hats off to you guys. That was incredible. Uh, literally looks like a murder scene. There's so much blood everywhere. Yet another war added for Moxley. And by far the best match I've ever seen Evil Uno in. He's been good, but this was... Wow, just another level. That oh, that that blood, dude, just pouring out of his head when Moxley had him in the choke. I mean, that... That was a visual. That was incredible. Fucking great match. Eight and a half out of ten. Hell breaks loose at the end of the show between the Dark Order, Hangman, and the Blackpool Combat Club. Uh, Big brawl to end the show. And holy fuck, man. That was something. Damn, dude. That was a great dynamite. I mean, the opening match was excellent. The finale was excellent. Matches in the middle were really good. That battle royale was a lot of fun. I really liked a lot of the storyline potentials all throughout that. We're finally getting officially the Ricky Starks versus Chris Jericho. That'll be a lot of fun. And the, the women's championship match looks like it's going to be quite good right there. So Revolution is gearing up to be very, very stacked, like I said last week. And this show was great. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. You should check out the opening match and the main event match. Both. Well, I will give, I'll give a disclaimer on that main event. If you don't like blood, don't watch it. There's a fuckload of blood, but I like blood, so I was down with that match for sure. And now we swing it back to SmackDown. They are in Evansville, Indiana. Not gonna lie, didn't know that place was even in existence. So good for you, Evansville, for proving me wrong. You guys definitely exist. I saw you. Now, we start SmackDown with a six-man tag team match. We've got Madcap Moss, Ricochet, and Braun Strowman versus... Imperium. Nice triple team by Imperium on Ricochet while the referee is distracted. Drew McIntyre makes his way out onto the stage to watch the match. Gunther is not impressed by this. Gunther powerbombs Madcap pins and wins. Eh, it was it was an okay match. I mean, um, Giovanni at the beginning was pretty good. I really miss when Giovanni was on his singles run in NXT. That guy was putting on some real, real nice matches down there. I wish, uh, I kind of wish he uh, didn't rejoin with Imperium. I like Imperium, but man, Giovanni was was getting it done uh, on his own. Anyway, uh, brawl breaks out after the match. The Viking Raiders come out, uh, beating down Drew McIntyre. Sheamus comes out to help his buddy. Then Braun Strowman trips and falls do, trying to do the Strowman Express. I mean, that is not the first time the big man Braun Strowman has fallen trying to do the Strowman Express, whatever the hell. And uh, yeah, it was a pretty funny moment. And again, I like uh, they're still building more heat towards that Viking Raiders and Drew McIntyre Sheamus thing. If you throw in Ricochet and Braun Strowman into that, I'm I'm okay with this. That is okay with me. Now we got Rey Mysterio. He is chatting with his new best friend of all time, Santos Escobar. This new weird friendship that they've developed all of a sudden. Rey Mysterio giving him his mask. And yeah, kind of weird out of nowhere. Anyway, Dom Mysterio and Rhea Ripley show up. Dom says prison stuff. It makes me giggle and it really upsets Rey Mysterio. Now we got Jimmy Uso, Solo Sokoa, and Paul Heyman. They're talking in the locker room. Heyman suggests that Jimmy go... Uh, He goes off and talks to his brother alone. Jimmy says, 
Yeet. All right. I don't. <laughs> what the fuck? Anyway, it's so funny. I just like like what is Paul Heyman thinking? He's like, what the hell is that supposed to mean? Okay, whatever. Uh, now we got L.A. Knight. He would like to talk to us. Yeah. I mean, uh, he wants a WrestleMania moment. Yeah. I mean, he is doing the yeah a lot. It is. It is over though, man. People like it. Anyway, he gets interrupted by The New Day, so they're back, they're back out of their uh, little vacation on NXT, so they're back on the main roster. Uh, It was a good vacation, I had a really good time with The New Day in NXT. Uh, It was short, it was sweet, but here they are, now they're talking with LA Knight, so Kofi and LA Knight talk some trash back and forth. Kofi Kingston wants a match right here, right now. It was a pretty funny promo right here. The Like I said, that yeah is getting over. I'm a big old fan of LA Knight. Uh, I've said it again and again. The guy's not amazing in the ring, but man, that gimmick, the mic skills are so good. Very entertaining guy. So now we got the match. Kofi Kingston with Xavier Woods versus LA Knight. Yeah. Knight tries to goat Xavier into hitting him on the outside, but Xavier doesn't take the bait. LA putting... Uh, he pulls out a mark of excellence. I mean, damn, that, if anyone remembers freaking Mark Jindrak, the, like, that dude, he had a great look. He was not very good in the ring, but he had a pretty nice finisher, called it the mark of excellence, and uh, I saw LA Knight pulling that out. Made me feel nostalgic, so I'm going to give it a thumbs up. Xavier distracts LA Knight with the trombone. Kofi hits trouble in paradise, pins, and wins. Fine match overall. I mean, uh, LA Knight is not a speed demon in there. He's kind of, kind of. well, I'll use the word that they like to use, methodical. But, I mean, he's kind of slow. But um, he's pretty, he's still quite impressive for his size. He is uh, quite athletic. And, yeah, it was a pretty solid match. And, uh, man, I'm looking, I want to get the New Day and LA Knight on some sort of WrestleMania match. You can do something really stupid, maybe have a tromboner match. Is there something funny about the word tromboner? Anyway, that would be a lot of fun, regardless, you've got to get the New Day. And I think LA Knight would be two great additions to the WrestleMania thing, so let's see if that, if uh, they can get into it. I don't know if LA Knight's going to get a partner into this, but... Anyway, I'm into it. So far, so good. Not a bad segment either. Oh, speaking of not a bad segment, we might have a bad segment here, folks. It's Charlotte Flair going face-to-face with Rhea Ripley, but not really. We'll get into that in a second. Charlotte must speak by herself about herself for just a little bit. Not too much, just a little bit. Dom Mysterio comes out to talk for Mommy. Uh, Great Dom drops the soap sign in the crowd. That made my wife giggle, so it made me giggle. So I'll give that a thumbs up. Dom is flirting with Charlotte, but she says she's got a thicker, a thicker man at home. Uh, so if you're if you're not aware, Charlotte Flair is in a relationship with Andrade. He is in AEW. Moving on, Charlotte gets annoyed. The summons mommy Rhea Ripley to come out. Charlotte and Rhea stare off with each other. Uh, it was an okay segment. I mean, kind of weird that Rhea Ripley didn't do any talking during her own segment. Got Dom Mysterio doing all the talking, but I really enjoyed Dom Mysterio. I never thought, like, I say this all the time, but dude, that guy, he is a nice heel, man. He is a, doing a good job. He's the, the prison stuff, the mommy, I'm, I'm all in. I really do dig this. Now we got Natalia with Tegan Knox versus Shayna Baszler with Ronda Rousey. Remember her? <laughs> Natty gets distracted by Ronda. Baszler drills Natalia with a knee, locks in the armbar, and Natalia is forced to tap out. 
Tegan gets pushed off the apron. Rhonda and Baszler attack Natalia. Tegan comes back at Rhonda, gives her a good old push. Rhonda's super duper pissed at Tegan. She's talking some shit. She's doing the hold me back thing. And yeah, short match. It was eh, not nothing special. And man, again, like absolute crickets for Ronda Rousey. Like crowd barely stood up for her. I saw like maybe a dozen people go, oh, hey, I remember when you were awesome like fucking seven years ago or whatever. But man, what is going on with Ronda Rousey? How can they like, like she should be on the level of Brock Lesnar, like just appear and it should be fantastic. But she has just lost all steam with the WWE crowd right here. So woof. Now we move on to the Firefly Hunt... uh, Firefly Funhouse. Okay, that's cool. No, the Firefly Funhouse. Uh, it has become a. They're changing it up. It's kind of becoming like a network television station kind of deal. So they're kind of like flipping through these uh, different channels, and they keep talking about can you keep a secret being asked, asked a bunch of times. It's a really weird segment. It's it's different from your typical uh, Firefly Funhouse, which. Honestly, I'm still more of a fan of the old style, but I understand they want to try and change it up here. So it gives it an opportunity. So like maybe they, I think they were doing like a cooking show. I don't know. There's definitely some really good potential with this style. They change it into giving it more channels. So you got the kids show, you could do a cooking show, uh, the news program. So yeah, I, I'm not like, it didn't hit so much this time, but I like the idea of it. So I'll, I'll give it a passing grade this time, but, um, it could be better. It could be better. More focus. It seemed a little bit like, let's throw a whole bunch of shit at the wall and see which one sticks. And they didn't really stick with any channel long enough, if that makes sense. Okay, so moving on, we got Rey Mysterio fighting Karrion Cross for the 700th time. Karrion has Scarlet out there with him. Uh, Karrion powerbombs Rey Mysterio into the ring post. That was pretty interesting. That was pretty goddamn impressive. Ray sent flying under the ropes by Karrion Cross. A hard landing there for Ray Mysterio. Ray with a nice top rope her Karana. I mean, Jesus, man. The guy just has not lost a step at all. He just continues to be unbelievable. Thumbs up for that. Ray goes for the 619, and here comes Scarlet. She climbs onto the ropes. Ray bumps the ropes, and she takes this hilarious tumble into the ring. Oh, I got a good laugh out of that, so I'll give that a thumbs up. Dom catches the 619, he comes out, he talks shit to his dad, Carrion clocks Ray and then locks in the cross jacket for the W. Pretty solid match, man, Ray Mysterio doing pretty much all the cool stuff, all the good stuff in this match, so uh, I, I say Ray was doing all the heavy lifting, even though he's the veteran and stuff, but yeah, Carrion was there, he was fine, it's just... It's the same formula with Karrion every time. He can't get anything done until his wife Scarlet comes in and interferes, and then he can win. Yeah, not that good. He's slow and boring. I'm not a big fan of him, but Rey Mysterio, baby, that's my boy, still getting it done. So Dom Mysterio keeps shoving Rey Mysterio, (laughs) goading him to try and hit him. Rey gets in Dom's face. He's got his hand cocked, but he just won't pull the trigger. He's not going to hit his own son. Crowd wants it really, really badly, but Ray won't do it. He leaves in frustration. Oh, man. I, I'm i hoping we're leading up here to a match, Ray Mysterio versus Dom Mysterio. It's kind of looking like they're going to maybe go for some sort of tag team match because they got Andrade hooked up with Ray Mysterio right now for some reason. I just want it to be one-on-one. Like, 
my dream match would be Rey Mysterio versus Dom in a ladder match for the mask or something. That would be so much fun at WrestleMania, but doesn't look like that's in the cards just yet, but we still got some time before WrestleMania, so we'll see where it goes. Now Jimmy Uso comes out to the ring. He calls out for his brother Jay to come out, but instead it's Sami Zayn. He comes through the crowd yet again. He's making that a tradition. Zayn tells Jimmy how much he appreciated uh, him always believing in Sammy. Jimmy and Sammy argue. Jay Uso appears in the crowd. Zayn says he was tired of having to prove his worth and loyalty to um, to the bloodline every single week. That's, he just says that's not what family does. And I mean, he's got a really good point. Such a good point. In fact, Jimmy has no words, so he just attacks Sammy. Jay walks towards the ring. Jimmy is distracted. He eats a halluva kick from Sammy. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Everything's just falling apart. Jay and Sammy lock eyes, but that's that's all they do. Solo comes out, and Zane, uh, Zane escapes through the crowd. So, oh boy. So we got Jimmy and Sammy fighting now. They're just, they're really not getting along. And now Jay is the is the guy that's like, okay, what side does he pick? Is, is he going to pick? Um, I'm just really hoping here that... Well, the whole point here is Sami Zayn is trying to get the Usos out of the bloodline. He's trying to get them out, trying to save them from the tyrant Roman Reigns, and he thinks that he can save them, but it's going to take a lot more convincing from Sami Zayn to do so. So they're doing a good job with that storyline. It was quite enjoyable. Uh, fairly, Not the best segment they've done, but still pretty darn good. Uh, but not not a great SmackDown. Pretty mediocre show this week. I would say the best thing was LA Knight and the New Day segment. And then, of course, the, the Bloodline Sami Zayn stuff. Still pretty good. No matches really stood out to me. Ronda Rousey, like I said, has just lost all of her star power. If not, she might have a little bit left. But maybe it's just because they're in Evansville, where I just don't really know where that is. Doesn't sound like a big wrestling market. No offense, but... Um, this has been going on for a while, man. Just Ronda Rousey's steady decline into... She really is just a mid-card, like almost lower mid-card at this point, which is kind of shocking with the name of Ronda Rousey. But, I mean, that's WWE for you. So, I it, it looks like the experiment has failed so far. And I would say this is a skippable show. You don't have to watch this one. Nothing really important went down. Five and a half out of ten. Now we finish off the week with Rampage. They're still in the very hot Phoenix, Arizona. Fantastic crowd there on Dynamite. Let's see what they do here on Rampage. Starting the show with a tag team match. We got the Young Bucks versus Aussie Open, Davis and Fletcher. Nice to see these guys. Don't get to see a whole lot of them, but they are a good tag team as well. All right, here we go. So Davis goes on a scoop slam spree. He lifts both of the Bucks up at the same time for a slam. Very impressive right there. We get some thunderous chops from the Yeti, Mark Davis. I mean, woo, baby. Oh, my God, that thing. They were talking about that chop for, like, three minutes. It was a very, very impressive chop. Thumbs up for that. And y'all know me. I love, I love the art of a, of a good chop in wrestling. And that was a beautiful one. Okay, we'll move on from that. Matt Jackson on the top appears to be going for a move on the inside of the ring. He says, fuck that noise. He just dives off. <laughs> to the floor, hits Davis on the outside. That was awesome. Really caught me by surprise. Thumbs up for that. Fletcher getting absolutely squashed by Nick on a swanton. <laughs> he gets saved by his partner there on the near fall. Awesome pendulum bomb by Ozzy Open. I really, really like that move. Thumbs up for that. 
And then we get Matt. He gets the hot tag, but it's immediately shut down by a lariat by Davis. I love that move. Love that spot right there. Like, you're getting all geared up for that hot tag, and it gets immediately squashed. That made me burst out laughing. You don't see that too often. I love that touch. The Bucks go for the Meltzer driver, but the lights go out, giving Aussie Open a chance to hit their finisher. We got a near fall on that. Bucks fight back somehow. They manage to get Mark to pile drive their his own teammate. I don't even know how the fuck he managed to do that, but that was awesome. Thumbs up for that. We got the BTE trigger and the Bucks win. Absolutely awesome opening match. I mean, really good mix of everything. You got the stiffness, really good high flying, big offensive moves, tag team moves, and a really strong pace throughout. Eight out of ten. Great match. Lights go out yet again. This time, the House of Black appear. They 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 surround the ring and they intimidate the Elite, and then they disappear. So, looks like we're gearing up for that House of Black versus the Elite. I cannot wait. Throw in, do the whole thing. Let's do the trios thing, and we'll we'll have the yeah. I want it, please. Yes, thank you. Now we got the best friends hanging out backstage. They are jumped by the guns and the firm. So it looks like the guns and the firm are going to be working together for now. We'll see what happens at Revolution. That's That relationship is going to fall apart. But for now, they're looking to eliminate the other two tag teams that are going to be in that match with them. So they're ta- they take out the best friends. And uh, we'll see what they do later on. Now we got Tony, Stone- Tony Storm with Soraya versus Willow Nightingale. We got that amazing hip hip attack. Holy, I'm losing it, y'all. I'm losing it. Amazing hip attack tornado DDT combo by Tony Storm. And then Willow with a really nice combo of her own. She hits a cannonball and then a Death Valley driver. I mean, that was fucking awesome. Thumbs up for that. Soraya gets distracted. Nope, sorry. Soraya distracts Willow. Tony takes advantage, hits the Storm Zero for the W. Really nice, solid match here. Lots of heavy strikes, good chemistry in the ring. Uh, Soraya grabs the green spray paint. Ruby says, oh, hell no, that ain't happening again. She bolts to the ring, like, so fast. She just fucking sprints. Soraya and Tony run but they are met by the champion, my boo, my baby, Jamie Hayter, and they receive a beating. Oh, hell yeah. So for now, Ruby and Tony, or uh, Ruby and Jamie Hayter are working. I guess they're on the same page with their hatred of Tony Storm and Soraya, but I am looking forward to their match at Revolution. Should be a really, really stiff fight. Now we got the Acclaimed. They get jumped by the guns, Lethal Dutt, and all the gang. So there you go. Both the tag teams now getting taken out. But they're still, what, a week away, so are they going to get attacked again? They're probably going to get, I think they're, the Acclaimed and the other team, they're going to, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's ugh, whatever. Now we got Lance, Lance Archer. He returns with Jake the Snake Roberts. Archer obliterates some poor guy in the ring. I didn't, I think his name was something Saturn. It doesn't matter. He's done. Archer is at least twice the size of this dude. Like, literally, like, Lance Archer is a monster. He's 6'8", 280-some-odd pounds. Just a, he's literally called the Murderhawk Monster. And you look at him and you go, yeah, yeah, no, that, that name fits. That works. Um, so Archer absolutely takes this dude's head off with a lariat. Oh, man. Man, I miss Lance Archer. That guy, he is awesome. And welcome back, Murderhawk Monster. Now we got Garcia and Guevara. They're trading words with Action and Dreddy. Action looking to prove he isn't just a flash in the pan and he can beat more than just Chris Jericho. 
So now it is time for our main event. It is Sammy Guevara with Danny Garcia versus Action Andretti. So Action hits a very nice 450 splash off of the apron onto Sammy. Very nice stuff right there. Guevara with a unique move. Have no idea what to call it, but Action lands on his head a little bit there, so that was a little scary. Action eats a couple of super kicks and then hits a beautiful standing Spanish fly counter out of nowhere. I mean, damn, that was impressive. Thumbs up for that. Action blasts Sammy with a drop kick, sending him flying into the corner. I mean, holy shit, that drop kick was beautiful. Made me laugh as well, so that's a thumbs up. Garcia clocks action from behind while the referee is not looking. Guevara hits the GTH for the W. Good match, man. Very nice over-the-top selling from Sammy Guevara throughout. Nice performance from action. Too bad he couldn't pick up the victory here, but he was kind of outnumbered, so not too bad. He's a stupid athletic guy, and I loved, absolutely loved that corner dropkick, man. Suck on that, Finn Balor. Way better corner dropkick than you. I mean, Finn used to do a dropkick like that, but now he's in WWE. can't hit people that hard. But action Andretti went all in with that dropkick. It was fucking awesome. Great sell from Sammy. Good match. Seven out of thing. so good bounce back show from last week's rampage it was just last week was a fucking mess much better pace to the show things didn't feel rush and the match wasn't or the card overall wasn't overloaded like last week much better show seven out of ten good job now let's finish off this show with the three stars of the week we got a much better um uh, crop of matches from this week so let's do a few shout outs so elimination chamber is going to be included into the the three star rankings, so they're they're in there. So we're gonna do some shout outs first. I got a couple of shout outs from Elimination Chamber actually. We got the men's elimination chamber. I thought that was a really good chamber, one of the stronger chambers I've seen in a little while. You got some really nice high spots that fucking Huracarana from Johnny Gargano terrified the hell out of me, but excellent spot. Kind of predictable. Um, well, not really predictable who was going to win, but I, I predicted it right. The the finish was the only thing that prevented it from getting a three one getting a into the three stars this week. I did not like Logan Paul getting in there. Uh, kind of spoiled the ending of the match, but it was still it's still worth checking out. It was a pretty damn solid elimination chamber match. Uh, I also want to shout out the Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns. The match itself was. Not necessarily copy and paste Roman Reigns match. It was a good match. Really good. The, the, the bonus is you get that insanely hot crowd of Sami Zayn's hometown, Montreal. Excellent crowd. Uh, really, really excellent storytelling. All the stuff that went down after the match was great. And yeah, well worth your time to go check that out. I would say Elimination Chamber in a whole. You can go back and listen to the review if you don't, watch, don't want to watch the whole show. But I thought it was it's worthwhile to check out. Just skip the Brock Lesnar match. That's, I'll, I'll tell you that. All right, so let's get into the official three stars of the week. I had a hell of a time picking between the first and second star this week, but easily my third star of the week will be going to the Elite versus Aussie Open on Rampage. That was just a awesome opening match. Uh, don't get to see a whole lot of Aussie Open, and I really just like the pace of that match. I complained a little bit that... Um, the Young Bucks do a little bit too much big offense. It kind of waters down. And in this match here, they, they seem to have a really much better balance of big offense and, and selling. So I really enjoyed that match. So it is good enough to get the third star this week. Worth a checkout. 
Second star goes to, and this was a tough one, but uh, I am giving it the second star only because of the blood. So second star goes to John Moxley versus Evil Uno on Dynamite. Only reason it goes down to second star is because I think the first star match of the week is a little bit more consumable to all audiences. This one, I loved it. I love I love me some blood. And this was one of the most gruesome uh, just moments I've ever seen with blood. It was eye-popping. I couldn't believe uh, that image of John Moxley when he was choking out Uno, man. The blood was just squirting out. So, again, uh, warning, if you don't like blood, don't watch that match. There's a ton of it. But if you want a good bloodbath, this was awesome. Really putting Evil Uno on the map in terms of single uh, single match ability. I've never seen him in a singles match uh, of this caliber. So, really good job from Evil Uno. Good enough for the second start this week. And that leaves the first star to go to... Orange Cassidy versus Wheeler Yuta on Dynamite for the All-Atlantic Championship. Excellent match. I loved it. You got the you got the intense Orange Cassidy, which only comes out every so often, but you also got that orange uh, comedy in there. And Wheeler Yuta, such incredible chemistry with Orange. Insane pace throughout the whole match. Great selling, great moves. I mean... Excellent match, and I think everybody will enjoy that one. There's not a, a scary amount of blood, like possibly almost someone dying, but if you're if you're in the mood for some high-octane, just over-the-top, banana-crazy wrestling, give yourself a treat and watch Orange Cassidy versus Wheeler Yuta on... Where was that? It was on Dynamite. There you go. I think it was the opening match of Dynamite. So there you go, everybody. That is the show. First star goes to Orange and Wheeler Yuta. And uh, yes, that is the show. So thank you so much for listening. You have made it to the weekend, everybody. Good job. Thank and uh, I don't I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, good job, everybody. You made it through another week. Enjoy the weekend. You made it. You earned it. So fucking get out there and enjoy whatever you enjoy. Get at it. If you need something to do, well, I got you covered. I mean, last on Wednesday I had the hockey cast. This Monday we're going to be talking about Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart on the Gamer Cast. So I was just been crushing that game over the last week and I want to talk about it so that's what I'm going to be talking about on Monday so you can look forward to that and as always it is double upload Saturday so you can follow the link down below or look up the YouTube channel GamerGX videos two episodes of The Wolf Among Us has been uploaded today along with a whole bunch of other videos on that YouTube channel other let's plays until dawn Resident Evil just go over there and have fun go check it out and let me know what you think Always open for criticism, open, uh, constructive criticism. There you go. I got caught myself there. Um, yeah, so you can email, f- send a message on YouTube, Twitter, email. Links are all down below. You can do that. If you have any questions in terms in terms of wrestling, hockey, video games, absolutely feel free to leave me a question for the podcast. If you want me to answer it on the show, I will absolutely do that. If you want me to keep it private, I will absolutely respect your privacy and we'll keep it between us and we can just have a chat on our own. That's totally fine with me. And uh, thank you as always, guys, everyone for listening and all that great stuff. If you're watching the YouTube videos, fucking hell yeah. Thank you so much. We'll be back on Monday with Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart so be on the lookout for that and next week is going to be a big one for wrestling we got the Revolution pay-per-view on its way and as always we are on the road to Wrestlemania and oh buddy it is going to be a very fun road to get there so have a good weekend everybody we'll be back on Monday